Welcome to episode number 94 of Quality Christian Living. I am your host, David Friend. If you're new to this series or this podcast, I might want to mention to you that Quality Christian Living is a podcast designed to help people live a quality Christian life. We talk about things like prosperity, both spiritual and financial prosperity. We talk about things like prayer and miracles and faith. And I believe that if you'll stay tuned with us, you'll be blessed in your walk with the Lord because our podcast is designed to encourage you, to lift you up, and to let you know how much God loves you and how much He desires to have a great plan for your life. You see, the Lord looks at us differently than many times than we look at ourselves. A lot of times we get up in the morning, we look in the mirror and we think, well, there's a lot of work to be done with that person I'm looking at. And we don't realize that God has already done a great work in you. If you're a believer, you're a follower of Jesus Christ, then God has put you on a plan. He's developed success in your life. He, It may be that your success will be that you'll be a great father, a great parent, or just simply a faithful worker at church. Maybe a successful business person, possibly a person who goes into ministry, or a preacher, a pastor, an evangelist, or whoever it might be. But regardless of what area of work or whatever activities you get involved with here on earth. The most important thing is to have a right relationship with Jesus Christ and to understand that he wants us to be overcomers. He wants us to be influencers and not to just be influenced by the world. So I hope that you'll tune in to all of the teachings that we have on this podcast entitled Quality Christian Living. Currently, we're in a series on faith. It's entitled Faith to Receive. We've been in it for quite a few weeks now, and if you're interested, you can go back and listen to some of my prior podcasts that would help you bring you up to date on some of the teachings that we've had dealing with the aspects of how to have greater faith. Today, in podcast 94, I'm going to talk about the best of your faith is yet to come. So before we do that, though, let's pray and ask for the Holy Spirit's anointing. Father, I thank you for this opportunity I have to bring this message at this time to those who've tuned in. I pray that you would anoint it. And I pray that you'd take the words that I'm speaking, Father, and anoint them. And help me to go into an area of teaching, Lord, that you know will bless those who are listening in, that will help them grow closer to you, live a greater, higher quality of life than they are right now. And Lord, that they'll have greater faith and believe that they can have greater faith because of your word and the teachings that you have in your word. Pray now as I'll read scriptures, Father, throughout this podcast today, that you would bless them, that you would anoint them, and Lord, they would come alive in the hearts and the lives of those who are listening in. Thank you once again for who you are, God, and thank you, Father, for touching us, and I believe for great results in this podcast, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. In the last couple of podcasts I've had, I've talked about my healing when I was diagnosed with multiple myeloma, bone marrow cancer. The doctor told me I had maybe six months to live, and of course, that was over six years ago, so we thank God that he had a greater plan for me. But in that, I've talked about my healing and my testimonies that I've had and the opportunities I've had to share my faith with others. But before I was diagnosed, I was just about finished with a book on faith. Matter of fact, the book that I'm using right now, entitled Receive Everything from What We Call Nothing, is a book that I was writing for like a year and a half to get it ready. And as the end of it was nearing, I was diagnosed with multiple myeloma, bone marrow cancer, and that was obviously going to be a test of my faith. So with that, I decided to hold off on completing the book and just see how I can add uh, this great testimony that I'm going to have and bring it into the book so that people would be able to be blessed by it. So I thought that, you know, the book was finished and that was it. But And that's the way life is. You think maybe you've completed something or you've gone through a challenge and, and you're getting near completing it and then something else happens. Something else jumps in your life. Well, we need to be prepared in our faith to be able to handle all the challenges that face us in life. You know, I got to thinking that 
as I was starting to add a few chapters to the book and make some modifications to the book because of what I was going through, that this would be even a greater testimony now because it was a test of my faith. Looking back, it's it's easy to see how all I had written in that book was preparation for me to be ready to face one of my greatest challenges. You know, almost daily, I have an opportunity to tell others about my physical healing. The hospital is filled with people who are facing physical setbacks and maybe a fatal diagnosis. Every time we went to the hospital, we were able, my wife and I, to encourage others and give God credit touching my life and for what he had done in my life. Now, we will be transformed in our thinking. Just think about this. If we can accept what the book that I wrote is talking about, it's where the Apostle Paul spoke about having faith like Abraham had. In Romans 4.17b, as in boy, in the New Living Translation, that means it's later in that verse, it says this, this happened because Abraham believed in the God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. Now, when I saw that scripture, it inspired me greatly. And I think I mentioned in a prior podcast that I preached for an entire year on the book of Romans. But when I got to Romans chapter 4 and verse 17, I spoke for a couple weeks at our church dealing with the issue of calling forth those things that are not as though that they are. Believing when you're diagnosed with a problem that God's already sent the answer. So it, it blossomed into a book and now it's blossomed into a teaching on podcasts that quite frankly I was surprised to see last month's report that we touched 92 different nations in this world and thousands of people have downloaded these teachings. So I give God all the glory and all the praise for it and thank him for that and just give him praise. See the premise of calling forth those things that are not as though they are is basically saying don't allow current circumstances to rob us of our past dreams. Now that's a quote that I put in my own book and I think that's so powerful. Listen to that again. Don't allow current circumstances to rob you of past dreams. You see a lot of people think that because what they're going through today that their life is ruined and they'll never have any success financially or physically or maritally or career-wise or wherever it might be. But in reality, God has a great plan for us. And if we believe that scripture with all of our heart and all of our mind and all of our soul, we I believe that we're going to see an increase in our faith. We're going to have greater faith than we've ever had before. Just think about this. When you're told that you've got a challenge in your life, maybe you're facing a financial challenge, why don't you not be concerned about the circumstances and just say, God, I'm going to call for things that are not as though they are. What that means is that I'm going to believe for a great result out of this financial challenge, even though I'm going through it. And while I'm going through it, I'm believing for a great end result. That's the type of attitude I believe God wants us to have. And that's what that scripture is talking about. You see, we will live without fear or doubt or anxiety. We, we will focus on the end result even during our greatest trials. Now, on September the 11th, 2001, the Islamic extremist group, Al-Qaeda, terrorists, they flew two planes into Twin Towers in New York City. When the buildings collapsed, almost 3,000 men, women, and children died. Now think about this. At that moment, almost everyone could see only destruction. One of the television commentators said he knew America would recover, and he said he could see new towers being built on that side of destruction. Now think of that. I don't know who said that. I can't remember. I didn't write down the quote. It really wasn't much of a quote. It was just a comment dealing with the interview he was having with someone. And so there's no way of knowing where that comment came from. But I can tell you this. Think of that. America had been hit with a tremendous, horrible attack, and thousands of people were killed. The city of New York was in complete shambles. 
shambles and was going through a tremendous challenge within every area of aspect of living there. And yet people were already saying that they could see a new tower or towers being rebuilt where those have been taken down because America will recover. What he was saying, he was calling for something that wasn't as though that it was. What a powerful thing he said. He stated that he could see new things out of nothing. I thought, I was amazed when he made that statement. And I remember writing that down and realizing that if we can have that kind of vision, that kind of faith, that kind of trust in God, and that kind of belief that God's word's gonna come true, we can handle anything in life in Jesus' name. Now, I was watching the news reports on the destruction, but I knew, and I knew in my heart that America would rebuild and create something greater than what was destroyed. Wow, think of that. When you're facing a challenge, instead of just thinking, well, I hope I get through this, or I hope somehow I get by, or somehow I just kind of can survive, or I'm kind of kind of getting there, I'm going to kind of make it. You know, if we have that kind of an attitude, we're probably going to just barely make it. It's like talking to someone, and you ask them how they're doing, and they'll make a statement like, well, I'm still breathing, I'm still walking. I always get a little frustrated with that statement, because what they should be saying is, I'm doing great, I'm doing awesome, regardless of what they're going through, and say, I'm feeling great, I know God's got great plans for my life. And think of being positive than just thinking of, well, somehow I'm going to survive. And that was not the attitude that America had at the time. America didn't say, well, somehow we're going to survive this and somehow we're going to get by. No, they said, we're going to come back. We're going to come back stronger than we were before. And that's greater faith. And that's the kind of faith that I believe you can receive as you listen to these podcasts and these teachings on how to have greater faith. Now, that terrorist attack occurred on a Tuesday. I remember it very, very well. Our church that I was pastoring at the time had always had our midweek service on Tuesday nights. Our regular Tuesday service would bring about two to three hundred in attendance. Sunday morning we would have a thousand to fifteen hundred people at times in attendance, but on Tuesday during the week the adults would have two to three hundred people. The youth would be there. They'd have a hundred and fifty or two hundred kids in youth, and then we'd have other groups there. And so we had a, a nice turnout on Tuesdays, but it was just basically a routine type service would be two to three hundred in the main sanctuary. But that night we had over six hundred people attend the Tuesday night service Bible study. People knew they needed to seek God. in times of trouble. That was amazing. I'll never forget that turnout that night. The place was packed to the walls. The people were standing around the back of the walls because they just wanted to get in the church and be with God's people and hear some worship songs to the Lord and just seek some guidance and direction from the Lord. And they were believing for something good to come out of this thing. The Bible talks about the devil's always intending to do bad things, but it also tells us that what the devil intended for evil and for bad, God can turn into something good. Now, the believing that God brings new things out of nothing will change your life. It will give you greater faith. I know that because I've seen it in my life and seen it in the lives of so many people I've talked to. Now, it cannot be taught. It must be caught. I can't teach this to you. I can't read the scripture to you 50 times and you catch it. You've got to catch it. You've got to believe it. I think I have one of my podcasts that deals with the subject of some things are taught and some things must be caught. We must believe that nothing in life is impossible with God. So I want you to do that right now. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, whether you're riding a bike, listening to this, sitting at home, whatever you might be doing, listening to this podcast, I want you to think about whatever challenges you're in right now, whatever face you're facing right now. Maybe it's physical, maybe it's financial. I don't know what it might be. But bottom line, we all face things just about every day that are challenges in our life. Whatever it is, you claim that God's going to bring something good into that situation, that that nothing in this life is impossible with God. And when we believe that, we're claiming the goodness of God. We're believing that God is going to do something great. Now, when other people lose hope, 
we have to see God's promises. As believers, as Christians, as followers of Jesus Christ, a lot of people lose hope. A lot of people give up and say, there's just no way, it's not going to happen. Well, as believers, as followers of Jesus Christ, those who are living a quality Christian life, those filled with faith, those that have greater faith, when they see others having loss and no hope and despair, we have to see God's promises. We must believe that God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above and beyond anything we can imagine or think according to the power that he's placed in us. That's God's word I just spoke. That's the word of God. That's his promise that God wants us to be overcomers, that God wants us to be successful, that God wants us to prosper in all things and be in good health, even as our soul prospers. Another scripture that God wants us to have in our heart and have in our life. You know, we need to believe in Isaiah 54, 17. In the New Living Translation, let me read it to you. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. When you're faced with a challenge, you've got to believe that with all of your heart, that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And if God's for us, who could be against us? What difference does it make who's against us when God is for us? And I'm telling you right now, God is for us and he wants us to win. He wants us to have success in our life. You know, when others see death, you can see life. You believe that because of the stripes on Jesus's back that you're healed. Now in 2003, Let me go back a little bit. I was told that I had cancer in my right kidney and it had to be removed. Then in April of 2015, I was diagnosed with bone marrow cancer. Both of these were life-threatening. My wife and I decided we would claim healing. We focused on the day I could report to the church I'm cancer-free. I can remember when that day came. I can remember standing before the church when I told them that I had cancer. And I can remember telling them that I cancer that I had been diagnosed with was gone. And what a, what a positive thing that that was. And it's interesting, when I claimed that God was healing me of it and that it was going to be gone, it hadn't happened yet. I was still fighting cancer. I was still battling this thing. But when I told them that God was going to help me through this diagnosis, that I wasn't even concerned about the circumstances because I believed that God was going to bring something from nothing or something that was a death sentence to life and hope and prosperity physically and spiritually. So when we do that, it's it's powerful how it affects us and how it affects others. You know, you may be asking yourself, now, how how does this affect me? You know, Pastor, you might be saying, Pastor, how can this possibly affect me? I'm going through some stuff right now, and I'm not a book writer, and I'm not a podcaster, and I'm not a pastor and all that. I'm telling you, you don't have to have any of those things in your life. You don't have to do those things. You just need to have the Word of God and look at His scriptures and read them and believe them and have faith and trust in them. Matter of fact, I'm kind of glad that you even would be thinking or asking that question, how does all this affect me? Now, if you accept Paul's words on new things out of nothing, you can resurrect those things in your life that you feel are dead, that there's no hope and no chance anymore for him. God can bring him back to life, just like he brought Lazarus back to life, just like Jesus came back to life, just like Abraham, whose wife and him couldn't have a children because her womb was basically dead, was not fertile any, any longer. And God brought that back to life and produced life. God can produce life in you, and you've got to believe it, and you've got to claim it, and you've got to accept it. And then when you do, you'll start telling others about when you're facing a trial, you just call forth those things that are not as though they are, and you walk in that faith and that positive attitude. This is not the the power of positive thinking. That's that's the world's point of view. What I'm talking about is faith and trusting God, because faith is a substance. Faith is something that you can put your arms around and grab and hold and latch onto that'll carry you through every challenge that you face in life. So let me just ask some questions here and have you think about them as I'm closing out this this session. As I'm, I've still got a, a ways to go yet. 
yet, but I just I want to take a little time and have you think about some of the questions that may be running through your mind. Have you lost your joy? Well, let me tell you, if you've lost your joy, if that joy is gone, you just don't seem to be happy anymore. You don't have the joy of the Lord. If you don't have the joy of the Lord, you're losing your strength because the Bible tells us the joy of the Lord is our strength. It's very real. It's, it's no question about it. The only strength that we have comes from God and comes from Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. So if you've lost your joy, claim this promise that our God can bring it back to life. If you don't have the joy of the Lord in your heart, it'll come back. God can bring it back. He can bring life into death. And I speak that now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray there be anybody out there right now who've lost their joy, that just by hearing the words that all things are possible with God and that no weapon forms against them shall prosper, Father. If they'll claim those promises, Lord, the joy of the Lord will come back into their heart. I believe leave it right now. And even at this moment, those that are listening in will receive that joy. It'll come back full and even greater than it was before. Let me ask you this question. Have you lost your peace? You know, as a pastor for 20 years, one of the questions I used to ask the congregation was, close your eyes and bow your heads. I'd tell them, and I said, now I'm going to ask you to raise your hand when I ask a question. How many people here are struggling with peace in their life? They need peace. And I'm telling you, it was like two-thirds or three-quarters of the congregation many times would raise their hands. Everybody's eyes were closed. No one was looking around. And I'd see up to two-thirds, the three-quarters of this congregation of, of a thousand people would raise their hands and they would basically signified that they didn't have peace. They had lost peace in their heart. Well, if you're struggling with that, and if you've lost your peace, you've got to believe right now that God can bring it back, and he will bring it back, and he wants to bring it back, and he's able to bring it back. we got to remember that our God is not limited at all in anything, in any way, shape, or form. Our God has no limits. His thoughts are greater than ours. His ways are greater than ours. So we've got to believe in his thoughts and his ways and take trust and confidence than that. And if you've lost your peace, you need to claim it that it'll come back. Now, if you say to yourself, well, it's one thing to just say, okay, I claim it, and, and I'm, I guess it's supposed to happen right then. And of course, if you have that attitude going in, you're not going to receive anything from it. But if you have an attitude of, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would bring back my joy, that you would bring back my peace. And then you start claiming the promises of God that says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. And start claiming promises of God that says, it's peace that God wants to give us. It's his perfect peace. And Jesus said, not the peace that the world gives, not the the hope that the world gives, but the peace and the hope he gives. He gives us real hope, true hope, everlasting hope. So we can claim that. And then we've got to just say, I receive my joy. I receive my peace in Jesus' name. I take it. I walk in it. It's mine. I'm going to believe it. And then start confessing it. And then when a challenge hits you and another trial hits you, you've got to remember that it has not robbed you of the peace that God gives us. God gives us the peace of God that passes all understanding and will guard our heart and our mind in Christ Jesus. That's peace. It, you can't think about it. It won't get into your heart. It won't become part of you. You won't, you won't have this negative down syndrome, that disappointing syndrome or feeling that, that nothing good is going to happen in your life. You'll have a peace that you can't explain. It passes all understanding and it'll guard your heart and guard your mind in Christ Jesus. And I believe that and claim that. Let me ask you this question. Have you given up on your marriage? There's a lot of folks out there who've given up on their marriage. I do a lot of counseling, an awful lot of biblical counseling for couples trying to help them keep their marriage together or get it back on track and get it better. And the people that stay grounded in his word, 
go to the church, pray together, read the Word of God, and claim God's promises with each other, their marriages last. Now, the world basically has a divorce rate that's terrible. It's about 50% of all marriages end in divorce. It's shocking that in Christians, it's the same percentage. It's about 50% of the people who get married wind up in divorce. But if you find statistics proof and I can tell you, in my own counseling, it's been a great example to me. If people will pray together, couples pray together, attend church regularly, I mean every week, go go to church and go through those doors and be in attendance together, worship the Lord together, hear a good sermon from the Word of God, and if they get that into their heart and then they pray together, I mean a couple looking at each other, even if it's only for a minute at a time, but just simply look at each other, hold hands and say, Father, we just pray you'd bless our marriage and help us and give us strength and pray for each other. If we do that, then the statistics that I've read tell me that less than 1% of those marriages end in divorce. Remember, it takes us a step of faith to do that. Go to church, read the Word of God, and pray together. If we do that, then the chances of divorce are, are really quite minor. You see, but if you've given up on your marriage, believe right now that God can bring it back. I believe he can. I believe there's no doubt in my mind that God can bring any marriage back. He can bring back a marriage of financial failure, of of infidelity, of if there's been repentance of infidelity. He can bring back a marriage with the challenges of wayward children or even a child that passes away. All those things that are so difficult on marriage, God can restore it all. And you got to believe that and walk in it in Jesus' name. Another question, have you lost your health. Well, if you've lost your health, God can bring it back. I mean, you're listening to a guy who's had a lot of health problems. I remember my very first major significant health problem was when I was in Vietnam and I came down sick and wound up in the hospital and had infections and all kinds of problems. And it was very, very difficult on me, but God brought me through that. And I wasn't even a believer. I had not given my life to Jesus Christ at that time. And yet God brought me through it. And then years later, I got when I got my wife and I were married and we had our second child, I went to the doctor and he said, your kidneys are gone. There, There's no way in the world to restore them. You're going to need a kidney, a double kidney transplant. He said, does you have any chance of survival? And that was so many years ago. He said, in chance of survival for you to survive an operation like that is probably less than 10%. He said, so I don't know what to tell you. He says, but in just a few years, you're probably going to use completely lose the functioning of your kidneys and your, your life will pass away. And I said, well, I'm going to believe God. And I remember my wife and I praying and we prayed about it and asked God to touch me and just drink a lot of water, prayed a lot, when my wife and I together praying. And by the way, married couples, if you're not praying together, you're missing out on one of the most wonderful things you can do. The most intimate time that you can have together is when you're praying together because we're both vulnerable. We're both then willing to take down the shield that we put up sometimes between each other and be transparent with each other when we go to God and ask for prayer. Well, my wife and I prayed and just a matter of six months, less than six months, I went back to the doctor and he tested me again. He says, I don't know what's happened. He said, but your kidneys are totally restored and that just doesn't happen. And they're healed and they're as healthy as they possibly could be. And I had that challenge. I had another challenge with cancer of my right kidney. Like 25, 30 years after that, I lost my right kidney due to Agent Orange. Then I turned around and wound up just a few years ago with multiple myeloma bone marrow cancer and was told I only had six months to live. I know what it's like to face life-threatening diseases and illnesses, but I also know what it is to 
claim God's promises and believe that whatever I'm going through, that God's going to bring it out for the good, that everything works together for good for those who love the Lord and are called according to His purpose, what God's plan is for our life. And just because you're going through a challenge doesn't mean that God's changed His purpose for your life. His plan and His purpose for your life never changes regardless of what we go through. So God makes new things out of nothing, and He brings anything that He desires back to life. Now, when we catch that principle, we can call anything healed, restored, and I believe that God will bless it. Now, I understand that not every time that we pray, that every prayer for healing or whatever is answered and that we know that we know that we know that we're going to be healed and the person is automatically healed and they don't die and all that. No, death is a part of reality. And the fact is that God is sovereign. And the fact that sometimes he heals and other times he doesn't. We just have to believe that all things work together for good for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. We've got to believe that and walk in that and have faith for that. What we call nothing, though, God can make something out of it. Our life will never be the same if we can accept that principle and believe that principle. And we will then move on to a new level of faith, a level of faith that we thought wasn't even possible. I believe the best of your faith is yet to come. You may have had great faith at one time, or maybe you've never had a strong faith. But I can tell you right now that wherever you are in your life, whatever you're facing in your life, whatever challenges you're facing right now, God can increase your faith through it. And I believe he will if you'll believe that he will bring life into something that has no life. We will anticipate receiving God's promises. If we taste this teaching and that his joy he has for us will come into our life, we will never think of ourselves as a victim of society. God's followers are not lucky. They are blessed. These are all things I've taught about in the prior podcast. Some of those, I've done entire podcasts on the issue of, of luck and victim mentalities and all these things. And I hope that you'll go back someday and pull them up and listen to them. You know, we can receive new life from past failures and believe that forgotten dreams will become reality. I believe that. God believes in you and his promise to you is life and prosperity. Today, we can receive what we believe was lost. And with that, I'm going to pray and ask God to bring that into fruition in your life, that whatever you need, he'll take you through it. And through the circumstances, you'll be strong and even grow stronger in your faith. Father, I pray blessing upon those, Father, who've listened to this teaching today. I pray, Lord, that they would receive an anointing, Father, in their faith, that their faith would grow and would increase, Father, that they would not be people of little faith, but they would be people of great faith because their faith is not in themselves. It's not in my teaching. It's not in what I've said. It's in you, Lord. It's in your word. It's in the power of the Holy Spirit to help us get through the challenges of life. So I call forth those things that are not as though that they are in the lives of every single person listening today, Father. Marriages will be restored. Finances will be taken care of. Health will be restored, Father God. Wayward children, Father, will come back to you. Lord, marriages, Father God, will get stronger, Lord. Our relationships will get stronger. Our commitment to you, Father, to be in the house of God every time the doors are open to be there and, and listen to the word being preached from the word of God and worship together as a, as a congregation, as a group of fellow believers, Father. All of that is going to come to pass in the lives of those who are listening, Father. I thank you for this opportunity. I thank you, Lord, for those who've tuned in. And I'll be careful now, Father God, to give you the praise and you the glory for everything that's taken place in this teaching. I thank you for it now. And I pray, Father, nothing, Father God, but blessings will flow through this podcast into the lives of those who are listening in. I thank you for it now and give you the praise, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. As a quick review, the best part in your faith has yet to come. 
Here's another thought I gave you earlier. Don't allow current circumstances to rob you of your past dreams. Here's another one to help you. When others lose hope, you see God's promises. So believe that. Receive that. Take it into your life now and move forward with it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. As I wrap up this particular podcast, I'd like to give you some comments I hope will be of value to you. If you'll tune in to my next podcast coming up, it's going to be called How to Experience Greater Faith. And I think that's going to be the last message on faith in this particular series because the Lord has placed upon my heart something that I want to bring to you, and that is to have an understanding of God's generous spirit, His generosity to us. And I'm going to talk about how to receive the generosity that God has for us. And I'm telling you, I'm, you're going to be blessed. I'm I'm right on the edge of wanting to just take off right now and get into the first session on that, on, on God's generosity. But I'm going to hold off because I know that's for a different time. But for right now, if you have enjoyed this teaching, and I hope it's been a blessing to you, you could go to my webpage at davidcfriendauthor.com and there you'll find a number of books that I've written. I believe there are five still up on the on Amazon and there can be obtained through local bookstores. If you want to go there, you can look at my webpage and you'll see a number of books written, a couple on Vietnam and how to deal with PTSD and how to deal with the challenges of being a veteran and how to help veterans. Another book on experience the joy of debt-free living, which has been a blessing to literally thousands of people and I thank the Lord for that. Also, there's a book there entitled Generosity, What's in it for me and God's generosity. What's in it for me? It's really, it's the series I'm going to be doing next. And I'll be using that book as kind of my outline to guide me through maybe another 20 lessons or more on that particular topic. In addition to that, you can get my book that I've been using for this series on faith entitled Receive Everything from What We Call Nothing. All those books are available and you can purchase them right from my webpage or go directly to Amazon and order them through davidcfriendauthor.com. In addition, to that, you can subscribe to my podcast on cpnshows.com or wherever you listen to your podcast. So I pray once again that this has been a blessing to you and that you'll receive it, walk in it, and live it, and that you caught the concept calling forth those things that are not as though that they are. So now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. May you prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. So until our next episode, let me just pray that God God will richly bless you.